0: Welcome to another episode of According to Sade. Now, I have shared with you guys that this podcast is about talking about what's going on in the news, culture, art, society, business, social media. I mean, really, you name it. And oftentimes, you know, you're going to hear it from sometimes a humorous standpoint, a variety of standpoints. But today, everyone, uh, we're going to be approaching a very serious topic. We're going to be talking with really an inspirational Shiro, as I like to call her, and many other people call her as well. She is Patricia Okumu. If you guys remember, Patricia is the woman that scaled the Statue of Liberty on the 4th of July to protest Trump's really uh, inhumane border policies. And she was that unapologetic black girl magic up there, cool as a cucumber to protest these really uh, inhumane policies. And so we're going to be talking with her today. And guys, oh my goodness, Um, you're going to be really, really informed. I mean, Patricia really shed some light on some really, really important, very detrimental issues that we all, and I mean all, need to care about. Um, Now, we did encounter a little bit of technical difficulties, but here's the thing, guys. We're going to have Patricia back on the show uh, to fill us in and also keep us abreast of all that's going on. So guys, sit back and just... um, Prepare to be inspired, prepare to be motivated and mobilized. That is the one thing out of everything that I took away was that we have to be engaged and mobilized. So guys sit back and the next thing you'll hear is my talk with Patricia Okumu. Well hello everybody guys I am so excited today to bring you this amazing very sheroic very sheroic guest her name is Patricia Okumu now I don't know if you guys have been living under a rock or what but this is the young lady the shero really who scaled the Statue of Liberty to protest the immigration policy we have her here right now guys Miss Patricia Okumu and I'm gonna let miss Okumu kind to tell you guys more about her and um, you got you guys are gonna learn so much I'm so excited Patricia thank you so much for joining us today I am so excited to have you and just tell us a little bit first of all what happened that day and uh, and why As well, because we we have to know. (laughs)
1: It's an honor to be on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm happy to talk about my experience on that day and just answer any questions you may have. I know there's a lot of curiosity out there about my board action and what was happening and what made me do that. Um, the first thing to my answer, this to answer this question is that you have to think of it in terms of a divine intervention. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things, a lot of elements had to come into place for me to have a bold and courageous act to just put it together. And no, it was just an idea. As I have been reporting, I didn't discuss this to a soul. It was an idea. It could have just stayed like that, an idea, if it wasn't for courage just to carry on the mission. I believe it came from a higher power. Hmm.
0: Wow. I mean, because when Mm -hmm. I saw the images, I mean, you were there cool as a cucumber. And, I mean, first of all, I'm scared of heights, first of all. And when I saw you there, you know, my whole family watched, and we were in awe. We were in awe because you were there, and, you know, reminding me of when Rosa Parks was on the bus. And she just gotten fed up, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and so she just was there. And it was very reminiscent of that. You were there. And, um, but just the fortitude and determination. So you just say that you just knew you had to do it and all things were aligned.
1: Yes. Um, so I asked God to make sure that I was, he was the one or he was the one talking to me and that I was not just listening to some voices because you know, I don't want to think that I'm crazy mm-hmm. or hearing voices and this was a strong message i felt it in my heart um it made sense when he started breaking it down for me that one it was the biggest holiday in the world and our independence day two resistance that i belong to we were planning an action on liberty island Hmm. and number three things that made perfect sense was that I had been troubled by the Trump zero tolerance policy on immigration, particularly the callous way they've been dealing with migrant children, Mm. placing them in cages, ripping them, ripping tender age children from the arms of their mothers. Now, where I come from, this is unheard of um it would not have been a subject for discussion we do not tolerate such behavior that harms children that encourage family separation that's why adoption is so hard you hear yeah. people uh, in western world talk about adoption and it's so difficult because in my country i can speak for my own country we don't believe in separating families, children, for any reason. Um, but here in the United States, I'm thinking it's more tolerable because patriarchy uh, has a system that is not cracking. Hmm. And people are getting used to it. You think of ACS, Administrative Hotel Children's Services they've been in place is, you know, the law, some of the laws that are in place of encourage that kind of separation. Wow. People have seen it. They have experienced it. So when they hear the Trump administration is using family separation as a deterrent for asylum seekers to come to this country, Americans are not reacting to it, right? Some of them believe with well, Islam by the media or by the Trump administration. I mm-hmm. to correct myself, that this is a law, but it is not a law. It's a policy which Trump himself can reverse. Hmm. He is the one who's chosen to accept something so draconian as such policy. It's not a law
0: wow you know because when you it's you know obviously the media is a very powerful thing and when you hear the rhetoric well these people broke the law and you know when they broke the law mm-hmm. they're criminals and so when you are a criminal your kids don't go to jail with you they have to be separated it's like this is the this is the way they've set this up and so it's kind of a false premise that people hear that and then for some reason, you know, obviously black and brown people, racism, um, but they feel like, hey, these people have broken the law and this is kind of what they get. And it's very troubling. And so I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, your it's actions troubling. resonated. It's very troubling.
1: Yes, it's troubling because um, that's how we justify slavery. Hmm. Uh, Hundreds of years ago, right? They say, all oh, these black people, they're not humans, they're ugly, and they're just, uh, property. And the law supported that. Right. That, you know, black people had no rights, therefore they could be
0: abused
1: and violated. So now they're saying the same thing about this immigrant.
2: When I was at the base of the Statue of Liberty, they had been in fighting. Apparently, the black community, some of them identified themselves as black last summer, were fighting and attacking Rise and Resist,
1: hmm.
2: accusing them of having known and abandoning. And they described the, the scenario as you go to war and no, no soldiers is left, is left behind. Apparently, I was left behind. So no matter how much we came out and say, that wasn't the truth, they were the one on the island. I was the one on the island. Why did they resist me? They took the facts off of Twitter and Facebook, social media, they came in person. But then I was released from jail and I was present. It was a week later. And it was just ridiculous. The amount of animosity, monopolizing the meeting, even when people apologize for the sake of apologizing and promise to improve their ways, it wasn't satisfactory. Mm. I stood up and I said, You know, you both, both groups, you're breaking my heart because not one second of somebody mentioned the children. And that's wrong. You cannot politicize it, right? By doing that, it's minimizing the value of my life. Wow. So it's wrong.
0: Absolutely.
2: So then when I was talking to my friends on Facebook, some people started jumping. All I was asking, I was calling them out, the the March for Black Women, and I was asking for leaders to reach out because yes, they came with support, they responded to a crisis, but my story is not dead yet. I have yet to go to trial. Do they even know where my trial date is? And I need help because I've become like, like a movement. People, so many people are inspired by my bold action. And they, they talk to me. That's why I created those social media accounts. So we can communicate, we can learn from one another, we can hold each other accountable. But the leaders, where are they? So each time I hear especially of a black uh, public figure, you know, I, I, I like to use Oprah as an example because I just get the sense that she's not going to be offended. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Maxim Walter actually was a student at New School who brought up Maxim Walter because because we have a lot in common. I said, well, nobody's reaching out. What does it take? What do you you need me to do, to die? Mm -hmm. So you can now use my name and my story? In fact, before I even died, they're using my image and my story without even talking to the person who's alive. The New York Times, for example, a couple of days ago published you know, an article, a long one, no mention of me, but guess what? They used my photo. Wow. Do you think they didn't know which, whose photo they were using? I'm not talking about getting permission or giving permission. All I'm saying is, I'm a poor person of color, a black woman, an immigrant who did something tremendous for this country. And the least you can do is reach out wow. and tell people about my culture, perhaps, or allow me to talk about the children, because the the fight isn't over. Trump hasn't stopped his practice; he's doubled down, and he says he's not going to listen to the judges who have had given him deadlines to stop whatever he is doing. He's taking advantage of the fact a lot of people aren't paying attention or do not
0: care enough. He knows. Human is apologists. They know the game they're playing. And you know, absolutely. And I was just going to say that, um, you know, when I hear of, um, a lot of fractures, You know, it's like in any big family, you know, you have your brothers and your sisters and your cousins and what have you. And the bigger the family gets, like if it's a holiday and the more family come out, you know, you're going to have disagreements. But when it's all said and done, you know, you you want to be able to move in tandem on some very important things. And, um, you know, when we think about how marginalized black people are in this country, whether um, we've been here for generations or for a generation or two, And if things like this can happen to children who are here because their parents were seeking asylum then what of the children who are here I think how you do anything is how you do everything and so you know I'm always pointing it out like if they would do this to children who they feel they can get away with you know no child is safe and this is what I try to tell you know my white brothers and sisters as well that You know it starts off with one group and see people don't care until it happens to them or someone they know or someone that looks like them and so it's coming down the pike and when you think about police brutality or you know any kind of disenfranchisement gun violence or any of these kinds of things that's going on we should all care we should all care because if it happens to this child over here, it could happen to my child. It could happen to your child. It could happen to anyone's child. And um, and and I'm hoping that we will see that it does matter. It matters what what happens to these children. It matters what happens to our children because um, you know it, it's happening right in front of us. Whether like I said, these children are being you know prosecuted or shot down at the ages of 12. You know, 10 years old being arrested for riding their bikes or whether uh-huh. their parents are being arrested for seeking asylum or a child is gunned down in a school these are children and what have we lost our compassion our humanity when we begin to feel like oh well you know, that doesn't affect me it affects us all you know and so um and you know, I, and I, and my heart does break when I hear people whom I love and respect uh, feel like, well, you know, that's that's not my issue, that's their issue. You know,
2: yeah.
0: it's all of our issue. I'm
2: sh- I, I'm actually shocked to hear this thing. Um, I think I I tweeted something that um, every time I bring the subject of Black and white, um, I get less uh, likes or comments that share. You know, people's attention is dimmed. Mm. And I say, I think America, uh, we have PTSD. We're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, this is not the first time our history... Reveals that we have abused children. In that, hmm. um, you know, think about the children who were abused by the priests in churches. Mm-hmm. Think about the era where there was abused child labor. Right? Um, this country was founded in slavery.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Human suffering that will never be erased. What we need to do, we need to stop seeing America being great again. It was never great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It has a dark history that has created P T S D on people, so that we are numb to certain realities. Michelle Obama warned us. She was trying to tell us to be cautious when she said. When they go low, we go high. And she was talking about forgetting that we need to protect our values, our norms, and our cultures, our way of life. That's the difference between the United States and my country, right? Mm. Trump had the nerve to use his big mouth as a shithole country.
1: Mm -hmm. He's got
2: a shithole brain because the man knows nothing. You know, what what we would we don't compromise are those values that are true to us. So that the subject of harming children will never come to light. You know, I I would go to school a long distance, crossing a forest. You know, I live in a city in Brigaville. But the forest you can think of it like Central Park where it's much more natural, right? And you would appear not safe. But I felt safe as a child. Doing that on my own. Not once I thought somebody would harm me. Many miles from home to school and back. And when I came here stories of pedophiles, left and right, rape, and that was alarming, disgusting. You you if- I compare because I was born and raised somewhere else. Yes. I spent 20, 20 years in my country and 24 years over here. I'm 44 years old. So there's a the frame of reference. That's why we need immigration. Hm. To be diverse. Diverse, you know, to be diverse is a good
0: thing. Absolutely. Oh, I agree. I, I definitely agree. You know, um... You know, both of us live in huge metropolitan areas. I'm in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. And one of the things that I've grown accustomed to, kind of like, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it a bubble or what have you, but is the diversity and the strength Uh that comes in diversity. and whether it be in Silicon Valley, or in uh, business, or really in every industry, education, healthcare. And when Uh you think about the contributions And, um, you know, I know that Trump has talked about having a a merit-based system and all that. Um, But I think to myself, what if we didn't have immigrants? What if we didn't have immigration? And uh, this would not be the country that it is. I mean, we are strong because of the multifaceted, you know, people. And um, I like to think about it as a quilt. People say, well, it's a melting pot. Well, I like to say it's a quilt because... I feel like it's okay to see color. I don't wanna live in a colorblind society. Because I want to see you and your beautiful color and appreciate it. You know, and we hear that and um and it's a little bit beyond a little bit actually, troubling that our way of life and the progress that we were making, um, you know, has just been kind of backtracked. Like I always tell people, you know, elections have Consequences here in Maryland, people are saying, "Oh well, you know, uh, Governor Larry Hogan, he's all right, he's doing okay." And you know, people are kind of say, "Oh well, you know, they are just really concerned about Ben Jealous. He's a progressive, a Democratic candidate for governor." And um, but someone asked the question, "Do you want a Larry Hogan judge at the highest level, or a Ben Jealous judge?" Like to think about it that way, because the Republicans they were all on code. They were really all on the same page. They were on the same page. Yep. Evangelicals, the uh, you know, uh, family values, the people—I mean, people that I love and respect—and but when it came down to voting, you know, they—and even some vote against their self-interest. Okay, and they all—and they—and and look what happened. So elections have consequences, and the judges that have just been nominated and appointed into so many different um, areas and we'll look up and what kind of world do we want our children and our loved ones to grow up in and again elections have consequences our voice our voices matter and you think about the people that either sat home uh, or voted third party or what have you you know God bless them but I'm thinking where is the strategy and I think that um, if anything, I hope that people realize that you got to get out and vote. And sometimes even you have to hold your nose and listen, we should hold our elected officials accountable. You know, sometimes you got to hold your nose, vote, and guess what? Hold their feet to the fire. Show up Um, because we let this one slip. We really did. I mean, you think about, like you mentioned, education, civics. For the last 20, 30 years, you look at the programming on television, the shows, and basically kind of like the dumbing down of uh, of our society. You know, it's like if I could put you to sleep, I can I could take advantage of you. And uh-huh. you look up and this is and this is what happens. And so I'm hoping that people are waking up out of our sleep, waking up realizing that you know because this one silver lining is that i think hopefully it makes people more aware not only on the national level but even in their local uh in in local politics and to find out what does this mean for them because no longer can we just sit back we see that we see that you know like i said the judges or policies it affects us all i was reading this is a while back about you know they were going to take a look back at some of the naturalized citizens. so what kind of what kind of nonsense is that? You know, all the resources that we we're going to take the time to look at naturalized citizens, okay? And our ozone layer is depleting. We got children in, in cages, and but this is what they want to want to focus on, and the people that they've hired, uh, with Stephen Miller, you know, Bannon Bannon at the time. And you said, so these people do not represent all of America. I mean, these would have been considered very much fringe characters. And it's real. It's like, this is not a drill. This is really happening. This is not a dream. This is not a nightmare. This is really happening. And I, hopefully, people will, like I said, wake up and vote. I mean, even if you don't vote how I would prefer you vote, but vote. You know, Don't stay home. You know, yep. and, and get out of here. Now, when you look at the voter rolls and uh, possible voter disenfranchisement. I mean, this stuff is real. This is, they are fighting. And we've got to fight too. Fight with our vote. Fight with our voices. I think,
2: I, I agree with you completely. Um, however, one thing we don't talk often about is we have a crooked system. Mm. And by that I mean we need to go back to the 1400s when England was overpopulated and sent people over here by telling them, you're gonna sign a waiver that you're going to America and you're going to be slaves. These were white and black people. And they signed this contract waiving the right responsibility for England to go around them. So, and then came, of course, preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. When the, our laws was written, it was reflective of those um, 10% in England that looked like them. They wanted the people here, the privilege, to look like them, of course, the white. That's how white supremacy came about. But the laws that are written is favored towards the 10%, the white privilege. The white supremacy and women are way at the bottom so that if a man earned his way up out of slavery he could buy property but a woman couldn't so I give that example and then you know of course came uh, Jim Cole mm-hmm. and Martin hmm those laws haven't changed that's what the police is butchering our people and they still have jobs because until we change the laws that we think are perfect, right? And anytime a person is arrested, they are automatically criminalized. Absolutely. There's a lot of people in jail who are innocent, or the punishment doesn't fit the crime. But our laws were based on that mentality to protect that one percent, the white and the privilege, and. To create, you know, patriarchy. So when you see even the voting system, the electoral college, all of that is not even a a system that's functioning anymore. There's still a chaos. Things have changed. The population has changed. You know, and I hate to blame our young people saying that they didn't come out, they're lazy, sometimes the way they are portrayed. It's just stigma the young people i talk to today at new school they're very much even more mature than the adults that i talked to they're talking about unity (laughs) building a coalition and you know i told them be inspired when halloween comes and just watch the behavior you do something different mobilize even if you're going to wear a costume but it has to be has a message address our current system so until we change the electoral college and the laws and realize that a foreign invader put the thumb on the election we're going to think we have it under control we don't it's like 9 11 that false notion of security that's when we get hit us we realize wait a minute maybe we're not safe after all maybe we don't have a a, a perfect system maybe we are actually weak i give that example to show that our immigration system is going to cause us problems the way we are addressing it wow i'm for open border the reason there's no open border is because people
1: are afraid of the unknown Mm -hmm. that's
2: capitalism and its work patriotic cracking and overpowering us because if there was open borders, you and me, anybody else, can decide, okay, I'm going to go to Guatemala or Mexico and open up a laundromat, for example. So the wealth is distributed.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But what we have is we're bringing wealth here and waste, a lot of waste.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, (laughs) I think I went through some kind of trauma when I came here watching the waste like air conditioning blasting nobody's home nobody's in the business electricity is on into some businesses the whole floor the whole building and nobody's there everybody's gone home to work why you have air conditioning why you have electricity on and the trees they keep on cutting it's beyond me.
0: wow right
2: We we will favor Materialistic things because of capitalism, capitalism at the expense of oxygen. No wonder we have children and cages. We do not care about this world, the environment, or what we're leaving behind to our children. Capitalism will do that. So the giant, you know, the the boogeyman. I say it's not necessarily Trump, is an easy target because it's right there, He's making things worse, yes. But, slavery wasn't long ago, segregation wasn't long ago and we still segregated and we have that PTSD from that. And I wanted to mention something else if I have a moment. Absolutely. I met,
0: I went to, thank you, I went to a fundraiser
2: in Harlem. God just happened to bring me to different places by coincidence. Um, people meet me on the street, hey, you know, there's something happened, follow me. And I followed them. <laughs> and his fundraiser was for a woman called Ramona Africa. She was the last surviving member of a bombing that was orchestrated by our government. Mm. A building was uh, bombed and she was the only one who survived. She's an African American. Right now, you know, she she suffered a lot of trauma for for, it. and she's got tough situations right now. Uh, which is personal. But sometimes we forget the people who have been victimized by our system. And that's why I appreciate the folks around her. who are raising awareness. Um. You were saying earlier that today is, you know, um, children from across the border. Mm -hmm. But yesterday was our children. It just never ends. You know, America doesn't have one problem. It has a lot of problems. And if we are divided, we just... I don't know. We're in
0: a big mess. We're in trouble. Absolutely, I always say, you know, each one teach one, all hands on deck. You know, everybody from lawmakers to people on the ground. Um, you know, we didn't get into this mess uh, in one day, and so um, mm-hmm. you know, I think if we all collectively put our our efforts together in the areas that we can, um, you know. I mean, we have to do something, and um, and so, you know, again, your actions definitely shed light um, onto onto the issue. Um, how can people get in contact with you? How can they how can they help um, with with all that you're doing? Uh,
2: it's easy to find me for. My safety, I tell everybody, go to my website, www.patriciaokumo.com. If you don't know how to spell my name, you just Google the lady that climbed the Statue of Liberty. You will see Therese Patricia Okumo, but remember, I go with Patricia, not my first name. Patricia is my middle name. It's patriciaokumo.com. And there, there's um, a donation button that goes straight to PayPal. There's a link on the contact for my GoFundMe account. I've raised um, 10,000 something dollars. I tell you, it's nothing. Because if I was a white woman who did what I did, I would have had millions of dollars right now. Um, so the, the help is not there. People aren't reaching out who are supposed to be reaching out. They're using my image. Michael Moore did that. I went, people just told me, you and Michael Moore movie." I said, what? Uh, I didn't even know that. (laughs) He didn't interview me and how he said he used my my story. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm not looking for permission. All I'm saying is, especially if you're a white male, using a person of color story, reach out to them. Because... We're sick and tired of you benefiting off of us. For a long time, up to this day, when a black person's store is told on the news, it's in the most negative, negative and degradatory deg- way. That they are tongues, they stole this and that, they killed here, this and such, you it's, know, it's monstrous. Mm, mm-hmm. So once in a while, when we do something, like what I did stop being hypocrite and reach out because I need my voice to speak up for the voiceless and I'm sick and tired of being used like a like I was dead right. like an image I'm still alive and you can talk to me reach out anybody patriciaokumo.com
0: wow and I'll, um, I'll leave it in the description as well Wow, Patricia, you have, uh, you're continuing on your mission, not only of inspiration and empowerment, but of action and mobilization. And, um, you know, I know I can speak for our listeners. We thank you for your work. And, um, you know, we pray not only God's speed, but God's peace and his strength upon you and your works. Because I'm telling you, um, you know, there needs to be people that, that are doing it and you're doing it you know, and that, that everybody can do what you did, but you're doing it and you continue to do it. And so um, we yeah. just want to really thank you. And, um, oh, guys, that was <laughs> awesome, wasn't it? So, Patricia, we just we just thank you so much. And um, thank you. We'll be thank sure you for to, having me. Oh, absolutely. we'll be Sure to leave all of your info uh, down in the description
2: Yes, and my P.O. Box is Patricia Osimo P.O. Box 160 start in New York 10301 I'm reachable <laughs> thank you so much for this platform
0: thank you, thank you, thank you were you all not inspired, motivated and now want to mobilize whoo, guys For more information on Patricia, visit our website at www.patriciaokumu.com. And I will leave the website also in the description. For podcast updates, event updates, go ahead and subscribe to According to Sade right now. No matter what platform you're listening to, go ahead and click that button and to subscribe. For more information on the Gum Network, visit us at www.thegumnetwork.com. And until next time, guys, you guys be inspired, guys. Just think about all that you can do to change this world. So until next time, I will see you on the flip side.